What's up? It is Esports Live on this Tuesday. Glad to have everybody uh, along for the ride today on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. The uh, YouTube waiting room, a very impatient one with a bunch of uh, comments already filling up uh, the feed before we even went live today. But going to have a good conversation about <clears throat> Julio Jones and the domino uh, for the Titans' decision on Julio Jones for the 2022 season. So, Stephen, oh boy, the Julio Jones ripple effect. Absolutely. We'll talk about the big domino the Titans have with their decision about number two Julio Jones in 2022 and what that might mean. Uh, do you want to keep Julio Jones or do you want the Titans to cut Julio Jones? We will talk about that uh, throughout the beginning of the show. And then, in my opinion, the Texans and Jags are battling it out for the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. They both made very questionable hires as their head coaches, as Lovey Smith uh, being hired by the Texans yesterday. Doug Peterson uh, had the uh, the routine Saturday, February Saturday press conference for an introduction for a head coach, which is never a, a good thing. Uh, but Doug Peterson is now the head man in Jacksonville. So we'll talk about that, which of these two hires is worse. And then we'll do sports trivia. We've done this. Uh, this was week 10, Zach, week 10. I'll give you our numbers of where we're heading into our final 10 questions of this stretch for our Tuesday Sports Trivia. Then we will reset after hopefully hanging on to our goal uh, here momentarily uh, in this show. But Zach, welcome in. Hope you had a good start to your Tuesday so far. Yeah, ready to get this show going. We got a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about, and we'll be interactive with questions that we will pose to you guys Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We will also tweet out our YouTube link, so make sure that you look for that uh, and interact with us on YouTube. If you are watching on that platform, subscribe to our YouTube page. we got tons of content going out, especially this off-season, whether it's podcasts, whether it's morning shows, primetime shows, extra content. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure your alerts are on. Facebook, what's going on? Facebookers, the real OGs that have been with us since day one, continue to do what you do, and that is share the show. We're trying to get to uh, 100,000 follows on our Facebook page. We got close to 80 or so. Uh, so, hey, chopping along, you guys need to share the show. show. We need to pop up in your Facebook friends' news feed. So we appreciate all of our Facebook fans. And let's get this party started on a Tuesday and get rocking and rolling. A lot to talk about with Julio Jones. And then, as Austin said, sports trivia to round things out. Yep, we'll see you going officially. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. And we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also hit us up on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and on TikTok. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying experience. Hit them up in Lebanon or see them at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Uh, Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care in Franklin. And Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. So learn more about a plan for you at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. So Julio Jones, Zach, a very underwhelming 
first year with the Tennessee Titans? I mean, that's is that an understatement? <laughs> uh, or is there anything stronger you can say about how underwhelming his first year was? But uh, the, the situation is, Zach, no matter how underwhelming it is, uh, his uh, daily his base salary for next year is over $11.5 million. His dead cap money right now is at $13.2 million, and he carries a $14.3 million cap hit for the Titans in 2022. So uh, it might make sense to hang on for Julio Jones to run it back for another year, but how do you feel about Julio Jones overall and what he did being traded for a second-round pick back last summer? Well, uh, you know, it didn't pay off in year one. I mean, we all know that. It was uh, abysmal and disappointing, and people – I think wearing the number two jersey for all of 2021 since he got traded uh, looked a little foolish walking around with that number on their chest because he either wasn't there or wasn't catching touchdowns or wasn't making big plays or was leaving the game, right? I mean, I think we saw a lot of that. Now, that was due to an ongoing injury that we know was a hamstring injury, even though Julio uh, played coy and stupid uh, sometime in the middle of the year, uh, trying to, I, I don't know, making a joke, but what I, hamstring? I, you know, I, I don't think it's a joke when you're paid $15 million and you perform the way that he performed or lack thereof, especially also in the playoffs, right? That's when he was supposed to step up and get this team over the hump. And that didn't happen. You know, they, they ended up losing. So, uh, I, I think, yes, overall year one of Julio Jones was disappointing, but I do not think, based on the Titans' actions, that they're just going to ditch him based on one year. You know, the hamstring is tough because when it's week to week and he went on IR and then he had, you know, several weeks to rest and didn't play, you know, full games, but it still didn't matter. That thing wasn't right all season. I think the question is, he had injuries his last year in Atlanta, he had injuries all year in his first year in Tennessee. Austin, do you expect this to miraculously change? I don't think anybody thinks that Julio Jones is going to be the 26-year-old wide receiver he once was, no. but can he at least stay on the field and can he catch seven touchdown passes? Can he get to 1,000 yards through 17 regular season games? Like I think that is kind of the bar of what you expect from a guy you paid $15 million in the first year and what you're going to probably pay, you know, close to 10 in the second year. Uh, well, in the second year, his cash would be 11 and a half in his pocket uh, in 2022. If, <laughs> so if that's, he's getting rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's already rich, but he's just continuing to get more money uh, when it's talking about eight digit contracts. Uh, anyway. So, all right. So here's the situation with Julio Jones the last two years. He's missed seven games in each of the last two seasons. He missed, he only played in nine out of 16 in Atlanta in 2020, and he only played in 10 of 17. Uh, I guess if you count the uh, 10 of 17 in the Titans' uh, regular season this past year, but we also know that he left early in a couple of How many games. games did he well, leave early? Off the top of my head, I know he was shut down in week three against the Colts. Yep. Um, he was shut down. He left early against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't think, um, 
he was shut down like that in any other game. So it's at least two. I know there were some game time situations where he didn't play much in the second half because the Titans were up 20, nothing on the Jags or whatever it might be. And you don't have to play anybody at that point. Uh, but yeah, so he, he played like half the season, right? Half the season. And he had a grand total of 31 catches for uh, 434 yards. And it's crazy. He played, he missed seven games in, in Nashville. Uh, and he missed seven games in Atlanta last uh, two years ago. In Atlanta, he had 51 catches for 771 yards and three touchdowns. He had 20 less catches on 20 less targets, uh, over 300 less yards, and two less touchdowns from year to year, from 2020 in Atlanta to 2021 in Tennessee. So that's just the difference overall of the Titans offense versus the Falcons offense and kind of where the targets are going and where Julio was unavailable. Now I have, I have a thought on this that I'm going to expand on later on about Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones moving forward. But I, I do find that interesting that missing a lot of time the last two years uh, with Atlanta and Tennessee, but a lot less targets and activity in Nashville than when he was in Atlanta. Yeah, well, Matt Ryan found him, right? Matt Ryan had that rapport, right? Tannehill sure. never was able to attain that. And let me set the record straight. Now, it, you know, it's it's a casual comment, so I'm not going to go in on David, but I, I think we do all need to have a serious conversation about what this team is and what we expect from this team. David says Zach's about to treat Julio like Corey Davis if he doesn't perform this year. That's not my goal. That's not my aspiration. But guys, if you're a Titans fan, your standard should change. You should. Sure. I, I, I treat. I treated Antonio Andrews and Jackie Battle and Damian Williams, all those guys, a lot <laughs> different than I am treating AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Corey Davis of last year, and this defense. I, I treat them differently. Why? Because the expectation has changed. They mm -hmm. went to an AFC Championship game. They've made the playoffs consecutive years. Like I don't treat them the same. Nor should you. And so that is my stance. Everybody always is like, oh, my gosh, Zach is so harsh. I can't believe he hates Ryan Tannehill. No, I don't hate Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a great guy. I think he is a average quarterback that cannot get the team to where they need to go because elite play is what needs to happen at that position. Now, you may like that. You may not like that. But it is proven over years and years of NFL football. Now you get to a situation, you think the Bills fans treat their team now the same way that they do they did when J.P. Lossman was under center? Hell no. So I do think the Titans fans' standards, and some have, have changed. But that's why I treat these players on this team differently than I did from 2013 and 2014. So let me set that record straight, and I will continue to treat Julio Jones different after he cashed 15 million dollars this year for that stat line that Austin just read out that may yeah. and should make you sick to your stomach. Yeah, 31 mil. Yeah, thir I, I'm not gonna do the math on the yard or dollars per catch, but uh, 31. Actually, you know what? I'm going to. <laughs> I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do that math because I can type in 15 million dollars. Uh, right there, divided by 31. I mean, do you want to know that he made over $480,000 per catch this year? That should make you throw up. You should you should go to the restroom and throw up after hearing that. 
Yes. That's like a bad pitching contract. So like when you make $400,000 per inning or something ridiculous, but yeah, Julio Jones, $483,000 per catch uh, this season. Uh, yeah. Barf emojis all over the place. So just did that math. Okay. But here's the thing. What's the domino, right? There is a key domino in the Titans decision about Julio Jones. And the domino is time because you don't have to make the keeper cut decision uh, right now uh, at all on Julio Jones. You can wait. You can wait to see it. What happens in free agency with the pass catcher position, whether it be tight ends or wide receiver, you can wait for the NFL draft uh, to see what you do in the draft for a wide receiver as well. The timing is Julio Jones will be on the Titans roster until at least June 1st, <laughs> because after June 1st, the Titans have a lot of flexibility. So the key domino of time, here it is. If Julio Jones is released before June 1st, his dead cap is $13.2 million. That's before June 1st, $13.2 million. If he is released after June 1st, his dead cap is only 4.8. That's a $9.5 million savings in cap money uh, and cash there too for Julio Jones. So June 1st is the decision. So you have that key aspect of free agency and the draft to figure out what your roster looks like as you're about to head into minicamp in mid-June. So what do you think the Titans should do? What's your early gut feeling? Should the Titans keep or cut Julio Jones? Should the Titans keep or cut Julio Jones? But real quick, let me tell you guys all about our friends at Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They are the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply head to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's a bunch of different ways that Renters Warehouse can benefit you and your family uh, by creating extra cash flow for you and your family also by uh, creating and help build long-term equity to get retirement plan ready by owning rental property and having an alternative to selling your house when you move. You don't have to sell it. A lot of people just assume that that's the only option. No, renterswarehouse.com can help you get into the rental estate business and be a, not a landlord, but a property owner because they are the landlords for you uh, at renterswarehouse.com. It is eSports. Don't forget BetMGM. They are the king of sportsbook. And for uh, the big game coming up this weekend, they're hooking you up with a great deal. L listen to this parlay. It's a CJ2K parlay boost. Man, yeah. if you're a Titans fan, this, you can't beat this. Running in Tennessee through this week, Monday through Friday, it's Tuesday, or excuse me, Monday through Thursday, it's Tuesday. So this still is in play. Joe Burrow to have 250-plus yards passing, T. Higgins to have 55-plus yards receiving, and Jamar Chase to score any time in the big game. Odds plus 260. Yeah, that's good. All those things make sense. Like I could see all of those things happening. Yeah, I think the, I think the first two legs, Burrow and Higgins, have both hit. In, the pre, in, in every playoff game thus far, Jamar Chase has one touchdown so far in the playoffs, and that was in the AFC title game against the Chiefs. But that's pretty good. So plus 260. I like that. I might Yeah, that's, that's good money. Download the app today at BetMGM. All right, so early gut feeling. Should the Titans keep or cut Julio Jones? Should the Titans keep or cut 
Julio Jones, as I just laid it out, if they cut him now, it's $13.2 million of dead cap. If they wait until after June 1st, it jumps all the way down to $4.8 million in dead cap, uh, and they save $9.5 million in dead cap. So I'm going to go. Do you have the co- uh, comment sections ready to roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- we got a lot of keeps yeah. starting out. Jeremy, Kenneth, Scott, Ramon, Steven, Jonathan, Derek. We got a string. It's like we're playing bad sales job and somebody just got beat bad. <laughs> uh, Ethan, Wilbur, Cole, Titus, Chris, Jared, Jonathan, wow. TJ. One more year from Josh. Uh, post June cut, Ronnie, Ronnie coming in post June first cut. In his opinion, absolutely keep from Richard. Uh, Jeep Ram from from Steven. I don't know if that's keep, uh, but that's pretty good. Keep him. Jeep Ram autocorrect. Uh, Justin says restructure. Justin says another Justin says, keep them for one more year. We've got a couple keeps coming in from Devin and Ron. So overwhelming Marcus says cut June 2nd though. Overwhelmingly from the chat Titans fans. And I don't know how many of those keepers have that number two Jersey that they purchased because uh, that probably influences their opinion and their decision on this Look, this is an early gut feeling. You know, things change. Draft happens. June, you know, ha- is not until the summer. Austin, wh- what do you think? Well, I, to, to the restructure, they just restructured Julio uh, like in August. And so what they did with that restructure is they spread out uh, $2.8 million this past year and for the next four years. So uh, the cap hit for Julio he will count $2.8 million at the very least until 2025. <laughs> so, uh, but they don't have to keep him for that long, but he will at least have some money on the cap because of the restructure. So I don't think you can restructure him a second time because that will just extend that bottom dollar cap hit uh, for a couple more years. I think the Titans should and will keep Julio Jones for 2022. I understand what I just laid out with a domino that you have the, the benefit of time and the benefit of rebuilding your roster through free agency and the draft and having a, you know, a few weeks of OTAs and all that uh, before minicamp, before you have to make this decision for sure. But you need Julio Jones. You need all the weapons you can get. I understand Julio Jones is probably going to miss some games in 2022. So is AJ Brown but you're also going to pony up probably close to $20 million a year for AJ Brown at some point this offseason in an extension. And, but you need both those guys and you need more. You need a, a full-time tight end. You need a legitimate speed guy who can go deep and help create open space underneath for you, Julio and AJ. You may need a left tackle. You, you may need a left tackle. You may need a left guard. You may need a center. <laughs> you may need a lot of things. May, you may need a right tackle as well. You may need tight end number two and tight end number three because all of them aren't on the contract. I think you got to keep Julio Jones. And I, I'm, I'm going to be on the optimistic side of the fence for Julio Jones in 2022 because I'm going to use another player uh, for the example. And Zach, don't flip your lid. I'm just... Corey Davis took a massive step in his second season playing with Ryan Tannehill from his first season 
playing with Ryan Tannehill. And I think Julio Jones is a better wide receiver than Corey Davis. And so I think Julio Jones can take a similar positive step forward in year two with Ryan Tannehill. Because when Tannehill and Julio Jones were together this summer, they didn't get a lot of opportunity to get that chemistry down in the offseason to lay a foundation. They had to start laying that foundation when it mattered in the regular season. And they, and they, then, could, they couldn't do it. And that. then Julio could There was no concrete poured. No concrete poured in 2021. Right. So use this offseason to, to pour that damn concrete. So let's look at Corey Davis uh, in 2019. In 2019, Corey Davis, that was the first year that Tanhill took over. Corey Davis had 43 catches on 69 targets for just 600 yards and two touchdowns. The second year, he actually played one less game. So in the second year, when he had a chance to lay the foundation with Ryan Tannehill, because there was no concrete poured in 2019, because Mariota was getting the reps with Corey Davis throughout the offseason, right? So in the second year, Corey Davis went up 22 catches, up 23 targets, up 380 yards, and up three touchdowns. And if you believe Julio Jones is better than Corey Davis, then you can should expect Julio Jones to go up 20-plus catches, up a bunch of yards, and score more touchdowns. Well, and, and granted, and you have to say this, with all of what you just said, how many yards did Derrick Henry rush for that season? 2,000 yards. <laughs> of course your wide receiver is going to get catches because your running back is running wild, and they've got to secure to make sure he doesn't get 2,500. Well, so but, he but again, benefited I, off of that. No, well, you Yes, but Derrick Henry yeah, is getting yeah, back. Yes, he, he benefited off Zach, of that. you can also say they ran the ball so damn much that Derrick Henry had the fifth most rushing yards in NFL history, yet they also – I think that's a positive thing. It's a positive thing that they were – like 16 yards away from having two 1,000-yard receivers and a 2,000-yard rusher. I understand that, you. That, has not been that helps ever. tremendously, right? I mean, a, a that that was a and that was a stellar offense, right? Arthur Smith led a stellar offense, and I will not sit here and take credit, complete credit, away from Corey Davis and that year. Do I think it was other pieces? Uh, that helped out? Yes, I do. Did he have drops? Did he not finish the season? Yeah, I, that also happened. He didn't finish this year either. Julio Jones actually finished the season. Yeah. But crazy enough, Corey Davis was sat down uh, late in the year, uh, and he missed multiple games to end his season by putting on getting put on IR and not returning. So I, I, I do think that Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones need more time in the offseason because they didn't get it whether it was Julio being injured or Ryan Tannehill being on the COVID list the last 10 days of training camp, that doesn't help. And yeah, then it, Julio it, it, went down early. Right, yeah. And it was just unfortunate because they didn't have that crossover time together too. So again, I, I think you should keep Julio Jones because I we've seen Tannehill take a next step with a wide receiver in year two, and I think they can do that together going into 2022. Where, let's be honest. 2022 is a big year for Ryan Tannehill and a massive year for, for Julio Jones too, right? Because Julio Jones, we think is going to be in the Hall of Fame pretty soon after he retires, right? Probably the first ballot guy. But he has this stink on him that he hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two years. And I think, and we know Ryan Tannehill has a big old stink on him 
right now for how he ended the season. And so both those guys want to get rid of that and they can do that together. So I honestly feel like next season will be better from Julio and better from Tannehill. And I think better from AJ too, because of it. So I agree with the chat and I agree with you. I think that they will and should keep Julio Jones just because it's too early to ditch what you don't know. I think, you know, unfortunately, I think, you know, what Ryan Tannehill is and I stick by that, but I don't know if you know what Julio Jones can be due to the injuries. And I also think that is one of the reasons why the Titans of three other reasons I said, leadership dead cap space and the dead cap hit that Tannehill would incur by, by trading him or cutting him or whatever. That was the ultimate, right? I mean, you weren't going to trade or, or get rid of Ryan Tannehill. It would be very hard to do from John Robinson's standpoint because of that. But I also think is because of all of the injuries in 2021, I still think John Robinson and Mike Vrabel want to find more out about what this constructed offense is. Obviously, they still want to do it under Todd Downing. They have uh, all of that has has shown its cards over the last week and a half. Maybe they bring in other guys like Tim Kelly to help, but they still don't know what the ceiling of an offense looks like with a healthy Derrick Henry a healthy A.J. Brown, a healthy Julio Jones, a healthy offensive line, maybe an upgraded tight end, and Ryan Tannehill. They don't know. And they still finished first in the AFC last year. That's why they're sticking their chips on Ryan Tannehill. Now, ultimately, I think that they will fall short and they will be disappointed by season's end next year. But that brings of what you said, Austin. There's a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill and there's a lot of pressure on Julio Jones. Those two guys, when we talk about who's in the pressure cooker the most, the temperature's the highest on 17. But I think right behind Ryan Tannehill, it's got to be Julio Jones. Now, does That's he have less field. to lose? Because, yeah, well, yeah, off the field, they're they're cashing checks. For, no, I'm talking about off the field, Todd Downing has got a lot of pressure on it, too. A lot of heat. Yeah, but nobody cares about Todd Downing. Let's just be Why? honest. Why, Downing, Why do you Todd, say that? Why do you Todd say Downing, nobody cares because, about Todd Downing? Because Ryan Tannehill is the face of your franchise at quarterback. Like, Julio Jones, you gave up so much to get him. All you did with Todd Downing was retain him and upgrade him. That's all you did. You can get upset at Todd Downing, but the pressure in the face of – and Austin, this is important because – what did we what do we talk about for the Tennessee Titans this past year? They got the number one seed. Everybody was sitting there saying, Oh, well, they're not going to do anything. Ryan Tannehill can't do it. And what happened? They Ryan Tannehill couldn't do it. They didn't do anything. They didn't look at Todd Downing. Austin, you pull the uh, the NFL America, they don't even they can't even tell you who Todd Downing is. The Titans they fans don't literally sure who he is. Titans fans the, do. Look at look look at I didn't all say the, Titans fans. I, I, this is I, what I, I said. Yeah, I know. I heard the what you said. Perception of the Tennessee Titans run through the characters that sure. are notable, sure. and the notable characters are Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry on this offense. It's not Todd Downing. You were so obsessed with Todd Downing, <laughs> like it, it, it's like you got a poster on uh, your ceiling on your wall. No, that would be if I like Todd Downing. I do not like Todd Downing. I don't think he should be back. And Delaway says uh, we do care. We want Todd Downing gone. Bobby says the fan base is it's split not going to happen. Hold on, I, I know that, but you, you're acting like you—you you literally said nobody cares about Todd Downing. 
when we have several people and like if you go look at the comments on our Instagram and our Facebook page, you're 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 too. Take a step back, Austin. The play call scheme of things so the scheme is crap. This that the Titans passing scheme because Todd Downing. Take a step back and look at real true pressure. You're not going to lose sleep over Todd Downing in six years, right? Todd Downing is just going to be another guy, another offensive coordinator, like like Terror Bisky and all the others. But your quarterback in your Super Bowl window that had so much pressure on him, Ryan Tannehill's career, it could be up in the air because he, he's going to turn to be a backup uh, if he I, doesn't get the job done. That's yeah, and Todd Downing's going to be a position coach saying like they're both going to get Again, relegated. No, <laughs> that was Zach. My entire point was. That and I said this yesterday. There are two heads on the chopping block going into 2022. It's Ryan Tannehill and Todd Downing. Both those guys are playing for their careers in this upcoming season. And I think we can add Julio Jones to it. But Julio Jones has already showed us that he has a Hall of Fame career when the other two do not. And Ryan Tannehill uh, has more pressure on than Todd Downing. Public pressure. But I think pressure to succeed, like I understand what you're saying. <laughs> pressure Zach, because, to succeed is yes, that. But I, I understand what you're saying, but they can both be fine. Who has more? Pr- I'll, I'll put it on you. Who has no, more we'll pressure? Say we'll, we'll say that. We'll say that. I, I like that question. We'll make it its own show. I like that question. Because if you say Todd Downing, you need to reevaluate yourself. Because right, that so, doesn't make any sense when it comes about pressure. I, I did like this. I, I did like this comment um, uh, from Steven. I do have a Todd Downing poster, but it's my dartboard. <laughs> it's not the poster on the wall. It's the dartboard there. So, all right. So, again, I, I really do feel like Julio Jones will be back. I think Julio Jones can take a step forward with Ryan Tannehill. And so, I, you know. It's but just Todd, not the year to move on from Julio. No, well, not at all. Not not at all. Not at all. Because Julio Jones, you have the ability to, to get through, you know, Really, it's this year and then after the, this upcoming season, you can move on from an offseason 23, but you got to go ahead and draft somebody, you know, better than Des Fitzpatrick, my God, uh, in the in the draft in the first two days. You got to get a wide receiver in the top three rounds and you don't have a second round pick because that's Julio Jones. So you got to be able to address that position to get a young, speedy, athletic guy fresh in there with A.J. Brown, so when you do move on from Julio Jones, you have somebody ready to go to fill the spot. Yeah, and I think you just said it. You can't have a hole in the second round and a hole on the roster. <laughs> that would make zero sense. Yeah, no doubt. A to Z Sports here live, uh, live on this Tuesday. Let's get to this topic because I think that the Texans and the Jags are having a battle royale for the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you about it, but first, Zach, tell us all about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next vehicle. It is as simple as going online to wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with a great ride, or you could trade in your vehicle that you have now. Upgrade to a brand-new Palisade, which is their full-size SUV, third-row seating, all the bells and whistles. They've got you covered at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And the pricing is so much better out at Wilson County Hyundai than what you're going to find in Nashville. It just is. The people, the test drive, the honesty, that's why you go to the dealership that is wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Again, tell them A to Z Sports sent you. They'll hook you up 
even more than they already would. That's Wilson County Hyundai. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. Zach went over the uh, one-game parlay uh, that BetMGM's got going on this week. It's pretty awesome. It's plus 260, so that's a good chance you can win this thing. But Joe Burrow, over 250 passing yards. T. Higgins to have 55 or more receiving yards. And Jamar Chase to score a touchdown anytime is just plus 260. That's a great uh, one-game parlay to take advantage of. And that is the CJ2K parlay boost uh, for our Tennessee audience right here with BetMGM. If you're not on BetMGM yet, all you got to do this week is download the app, use our code ATOZ200. You place a $10 Moneyline wager on the game on Sunday, and you're going to win 200 bucks when either team scores a touchdown. It's a great opportunity to jumpstart your bankroll with BetMGM. Again, that's code ATOZ200. All you got to do is download it, code ATOZ200, a $10 minimum first deposit, and then a $10 money line wager on either team on Sunday, and you win 200 bucks right there. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee-only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued on non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days. And for problem gambling support, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. So, Zach, uh, the, the Texans and Jags officially have their new head coaches. Lovey Smith is the Texans head coach and Doug Peterson is the Jags head coach. Now you have experience of rooting for a Lovey Smith head coached football team uh, because he was the head coach of your Tampa Bay Bucks several years ago when it was pretty damn ugly, wasn't it? Well, before he got undercut by Dirk Cutter, who ended up not being a, head, a good head coach, he had his own problems. Uh, you know, Lovey has been around the bend, right? I mean, he's been in coaching, old. huh? Sixty-three years old. Wow, and, but he's still not as old as Pete Carroll. How old? Pete Carroll, like seventy-six, like seventy-one. I'll One, two, three. Uh, but Lovey Smith has been in the league a long, long time. I was very curious on why they picked Lovey Smith. Maybe it was stability, and that it sounds like that's what the Titan or the excuse me, the Texans need in their franchise. They need a voice that maybe has been there before and that you can trust. Defensive-minded head coach, look, long ago the days of the Tampa 2 defense that he was running for so many years with the Bears and uh, all that. But, uh, you know, and then, look, I, you look at the running, the top three coaches in the Texans running was Brian Flores, Josh McCown, and Lovey Smith. They ended up going with Lovey Smith. The Texans have issues because the Texans cannot move forward until they figure out their Deshaun Watson situation. They're in a standstill pattern. They're in purgatory. And mm. they are waiting. And look, I, I don't know if you want to credit the Texans or what. They played hardball this season. They made Watson sit his ass down and not do anything. But their team goes as far as their quarterback, and their best quarterback on their roster ain't playing. So uh, maybe it's going to take multiple years to figure out who their quarterback is and if he's any good. But uh, they won't move forward until they figure out Watson. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't disagree with that point. But it, like you mentioned, the, the, it came down for the Texans to either Brian Flores, Josh McCown, or Lovey Smith. It what like Lovey Smith wasn't even really a part of that until he had to be at the very end. Like it was a Lovey Smith was a backdoor hire 
That's what it felt like. And it's funny. The Texans actually, uh, with hiring 63-year-old Lovey Smith, they got younger at head coach because David Coley is 66. Pete Carroll that was a backdoor hire, too, because of all of their dysfunction. Right. And so I, I did see that there was one, I think it was Ian Rappaport tweeted out that the Texans are expected to hire head coach Lovey Smith for 2022. Like the like when I and I, I thought this was hilarious because I heard um I heard I could, I think it was uh Mickey Ryan talking about this while this was happening yesterday that you never hear a team has hired the coach for the year. It's always no the Titans hired Mike Vrabel, the Dolphins hire Mike McDaniel, but the Texans were expected to hire Lovey Smith to be their head coach for 2022. Like, and I think Schefter deleted that and then put it back up different way. But it seems like the Texans are just trying to band-aid this thing because of how dysfunctional the entire situation is with their president, their GM, and everything else. And so, like, there's no well, way you know, to hey, show what you know who was like this uh a handful of years ago? Who? The Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals had the same problem. They were dysfunction with the players that they were drafting, with the games that they weren't winning. And finally, they had to reset. And we all know, and the, the out on the, the Bengals is is Brown, their owner, won't spend money and, yeah. and, and continue this thing. I don't know if that will happen. But they were in a state of dysfunction. I mean, there were a number of years that the Cincinnati Bengals picked in the top 10. Being two years ago, they were number one overall. They were the worst team in the in football. But Marvin They had to the- restructure. You have to do this if you're a bad team. And it just it seems like the Texans dysfunction based on their bad decision on Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson's decisions. This is going to be a longer rebuild, whatever you want to say. This is going to take about five years. Yeah, and Orlando says uh that Rap Sheet, um Rap Sheet says he believes it's a short term hire. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is that the Texans are are purposely hiring coaches to fire quickly. <laughs> and well, that nobody, makes no nobody st- wants to go to Houston, right? No, it's I, not I a know. stable job. It's not a stable situation. Why would you, you, you can't sit there and be like, yeah, I'm going to be the Texans head coach for the next five years. No, you're not yeah. because you can't win football games. And if you lose football games, your ass gets canned because you lose money. Cause fans stop going to the games. I don't know if you watched that. Oh, you did Titans, Texans at the end of the year. That was a barren land at that stadium in Houston. That's not a good look. And Texas, you make a lot of money. There's a lot of beer sales, a lot of oil money. You go in there, they support their franchise. Nah, they ain't supporting the Rockets either. So they got to figure that out. But they're, they're, it looks like they're taking the long-term approach. You can't hire a coach and him say that he's going to be there for five years. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And let's flip it to the Jags because the Jags had an opportunity, right? They had Byron Leftwich ready, right? And Byron Leftwich is also highly thought of as the young offensive mind, up and up and coming offensive coordinator slash play caller for what he's been able to do the last couple of years in Tampa. And it looked like Byron Leftwich was the lean in Jacksonville to get the job until Byron Leftwich goes, uh, never mind, I'm out. I am not doing this, which I thought was a smart decision by Byron Leftwich, even though he had a long history with that organization. I got two things on that. What happened was Byron Leftwich had just come from a championship culture. He had seen firsthand how Tom Brady works. He had seen how the quarterback and head coach in Bruce Arians worked. 
And the Bucs supported their roster. They went out and paid their guys. They got the players necessary. Then you go interview at, oh my gosh, Duval County in Jacksonville. And he's been a part of it, right? He's been a part of the franchise. He knows how it works. And things have changed since he has been there. And I think his eyes were open to say, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. The ownership and all of that, like the facilities, all of that. This also, I think, opens the door. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Tom Brady could pull a Brett Favre at the beginning of this season. I think not. I don't think I think one of many of the reasons why he retired when he did is because he thought his offensive coordinator was out the door. He wasn't because he went and visited Jacksonville and realized that place stinks. He came back to Tampa. <laughs> and I think, look, you may have a Brady reunion with Byron Leftwich at the beginning of the season. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's a pipe dream for Bucks fans and myself. Yeah. But I, I think we all knew Jacksonville was a bad franchise, just like we all know that the Houston Texans are a bad franchise. You don't, you can't go from a championship level team to that. No, unless I, I, you think you're Superman and you well, can save the world. And, and so like, I you know both the Texans and the Jags are just terrible and <laughs> how they are lighting themselves on fire. Like they keep lighting their tail on fire and don't know where the smoke's at because it's right behind their ass. And so I, and, but they both fired their coach in year one. Uh, after one year, like think about this, the Jags had a two month head start on everybody else, everybody else, a two month head start. And they got Doug Peterson and they waited way too long. And they went through all these options to get a retread guy from the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, and I have something else on Doug Peterson. I want to bring up of why I think it's a bad, bad hire for the Jags and how they wasted an opportunity because of what they have in Trevor Lawrence. So here's this question, Zach, what was, uh, which head coaching hire was dumber, Lovey Smith with the Texans or Doug Peterson with the Jags? Which head coaching hire was dumber, Lovey Smith or Doug Peterson? But first, tell everybody about a very smart decision you made with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, and you can you can too with fbhp.com slash A to Z. Better coverage, better rates, better service. I switched and I'm already saving money with better coverage. And that's real talk. I have my number, and I don't mind disclosing it. My previous health coverage, and this is individual because I, I am not married, $214 a month. That's what I was paying. That got cut down to $166 a month, plus I get better coverage. I get a vision allowance after six months. I get my teeth cleaned allowance after six months. I didn't get any of that with my previous health plan, so Make sure you switch your coverage or at least look at them. I mean, it, it, that's the best part. You can get a quote. You can get the, the health assessment lasts like 30 minutes, if not less. And they come out with a quote based on your health assessment. And all of a sudden, I think you will literally seriously think about changing. FBHP.com slash A to Z. Get a quote. Get in touch with them. They'll call you on the phone. You can do it online. Whatever you prefer. But go online, fbhp.com slash A to Z. All right. Uh, don't forget as well, download that BetMGM app and use our code ATOZ200 
And if you're a new user, that's ATOZ200. You place a $10 money line wager on the game on Sunday, and you're going to win 200 bucks uh, when either team scores a touchdown. It's going to happen. There's never been a Super Bowl without a touchdown. We got close a couple of years ago. But don't forget, so download the, the, the uh, app, use code ATOZ200, and you'll win 200 bucks uh, on Sunday when either team scores a touchdown with the BetMGM app. So which head coaching hire was dumber? Lovey Smith with the Texans or Doug Peterson with the Jags? What is the chat saying? A lot of Lovey Smiths, okay. uh, which makes sense. Um, well, Jabu makes a joke and says, Doug, because Lovey will put them in a spot to draft Arch Manning, which basically Lovey saying, won't be there long enough for Arch Manning to come out. Lovey right? might be gone before Arch Manning goes to college. So that's kind of saying that Orlando says Lovey Smith, while the beard is a great, uh, was great. Peterson had more recent success and less failures than Lovey. Uh, seeing that this is his only head coaching stop while Smith uh, was at number three, I believe Lovey Smith has been, I think this is his third bears bucks and now Texans third NFL job. He was also the head coach at Illinois in college for five years where the best season he had was six and six regular season and a loss in the red back red box bowl. And Derek and Nick both say Smith, because Peterson has won a super bowl. I agree with the chat. I think that Peterson offensive minded, better quarterback, better situation will be there longer. So that was a smarter hire. And look, I mean, not many, Austin, how many coaches can say that they've won a Super Bowl? And Doug Peterson, regardless of the situation, and we also look at how Philadelphia ended, right? Peterson was trying to play the game and got bit. I mean, right? He understood he was playing quarterbacks. He doesn't need to uh, to, to play, but because of the Phil, you can't do that in Philadelphia. You could probably do that in Tennessee. You could probably do that in Jacksonville. You can't do that in Philly because they got Pittsburgh pitchforks in their garages that they bring to the link so i i'm i doug peterson this is a, a fresh start it's a bad franchise but you do have a quarterback that i think is willing to be taught and that's key that is the biggest key in that trevor lawrence did not have a great year i i think he had a really bad year but look at all the trials and tribulations he had to go through in his rookie season. I mean, that that's hard on a young guy like that. Peterson at least has success with quarterbacks. He's won a Super Bowl. He's much better than Lovey Smith. I think the reason why I'm going with this is a dumber hire for the Jags is because they have their rookie quarterback. Like the, the Texans are not wasting a first round quarterback contract with Lovey Smith. They're not in that situation. They've got Davis Mills who showed some nice things, but I don't think anybody believes Davis Mills is the future for the Houston Texans. He might be the bridge guy for the next year until they go draft somebody in the top five uh, in 2023's draft or something like that. But <clears throat> why it failed in Philly for Doug Peterson was because of the broken relationship that he had with the quarterback they were paying $30-plus million in Carson Wentz. That's why it fell Which apart. Which he should have because he sucked and still yes. does. Yeah, he, deals, he still so does. So who, who ended up being right in that situation? Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson was Doug Peterson was right, but it's the way he handled it. That it got so bad personally inside the locker room that the coach and quarterback relationship split the whole thing. Well, and no, so because I, the owner was trying to 
uh, telling what to do. I mean, if you read that story of what at the end of that year and why that relationship was so strained is the owner got involved and wanted a certain player to play, but obviously Carson Wentz shouldn't have been playing, but he was paid so much money that that's why it was justified. So then he started with Jalen Hurts, and now who Jalen Hurts played this year and led him to playoffs. So I, you have to know that situation. And also, it's more of the Jags. Doug Peterson is probably the, the best hire in this because not many people want to go work under Trent Balky or under the regime that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you have this wrong here, Austin, because you're not looking at the details of what the franchise is. And more importantly, the question, the question is the hire. What do you, Lovey Smith is, we're not living in 2003. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm looking at is with Lovey Smith. I think the situation is they're, they don't care. Like, 2022, the Texans have already decided to punt on that season, just like they punted this past season. So they're just going to hire somebody to hire somebody to just fill the seat and then just go roll. Doug Peterson, I don't think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence is going to do much of any difference anyway. I, I think I don't I don't think that highly Doug Peterson. I think a lot of the Doug Peterson success in Philly was because of a great defense and, and also because of the Frank Wright, John D. Filippo, OC quarterback coach duo that was beneath and helping out Carson Wentz and Nick Foles in those good years. And when it went, when it got bad, it got bad fast. And so with Doug, that's Peterson, usually how the NFL works. Yeah, sure, for sure, it so, happened. I mean, right, it happens all the time. I I actually think this. I'm not saying it's a great hire, but I think it gives. A, at least some offensive stability where Urban Meyer, you're going from the worst of the worst, the most toxic of the toxic to now Doug Peterson that at least like, here's why. And here's my final answer. The reason why Doug Peterson was the better hire than Lovey Smith or anything else is because of how you corrected it. Only a certain amount of coaches are actually going to go to Jacksonville, right? Byron Leftwich, we would have been like, oh man, that's going to be a good fit, right? He's had success under Todd Brady. He can teach Trevor Lawrence. But the franchise prevented from that. Now, Doug Peterson, at least a voice who has won a Super Bowl, can not chastise the coaching staff like Urban Meyer did for all of those months who hadn't won a damn thing. You know who's won a damn thing in the pros? Doug Peterson. So sure. this is that that's the answer. I'm not arguing that Doug Peterson's a worse hire than Urban Meyer. I think it's way better. But I think I feel like the Jags whiffed on an opportunity to get a much better Who? hire rather than a retread. Who? They screwed up the Byron Leftwood situation. They they it, it's they not because of, it's not it's because of the the situation. It's because of bulky. Do you, that's not up to Doug Peterson. It's it's just the franchise. I know. I, and again, I feel like the I feel like the Jags will be firing Doug Peterson in the next three years as they're trying to figure out what the three hell Three years is Lawrence. better than one. But I also understand the one year of Lovey Smith that what this is gonna be. But why like, is I that just, a good hire? It's not, I'm not I'm not saying it's a good hire. I'm just you saying that the question. It's what's a dumber hire? They're both dumb. <laughs> like it's that's what I think. They're both dumb. Well, of course. Yes. I mean, yes. And the you, reason you why the I'm question. picking the reason why I'm picking the Jags and Doug and Doug Peterson is because the clock has started with the Jags. They're one year into it. They're one year into Trevor Lawrence's clock. We don't even know when the clock's gonna start in Houston. We don't know if it's gonna start being in at the April. bottom of the NFL is not good. I, I know that, but I am again that's I'm, you know what's dumb? 
just being like the Browns for all those years and the Lions that they can't get out of the bottom. I, I know that. And that's I what am, the Texans that, are doing. I am basing. I am basing but isn't my, that dumber? What? Staying at the bottom of the NFL for m- multiple years, like the like the the Lions, hell, like the Texans, like at least the Jags are doing something to try to get out of that. But the Texans they, are not doing anything to try to get out because the Texans have a lot of clouds going on. They they've got Deshaun Watson that they don't. I mean, it was just like three seasons ago where they were the AFC South champions in back to back years, and how again how quickly it goes bad, right? And Deshaun Watson's off the field situation screwed a lot of it up because they couldn't go hire uh, the guy that Deshaun Watson wanted last offseason because they didn't know if Deshaun Watson was going to be in jail or not. And they don't, they still don't know what the situation was. But they didn't Watson move on from him, right? They had the because, people wanted to trade for him. And you, know, and you know the reports people wanted Deshaun Watson, regardless of the legal situation. The Texans, they decided that they wanted to stay at the bottom. Right, because they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to figure out the solution before they create a bigger problem, and the solution I, I, is a new quarterback. And is there a new quarterback that the Texans will take in April's draft? I don't know because right, everybody take a hundred thousand dollars for the Texans to tank. They just do it. Yeah, that's by signing thirty three year old running backs, five of them. But again, like Deshaun Watson's a situation. Will they're punting on twenty twenty two? I don't think it would be smart for the Texans to use that top pick or their first-round pick on a quarterback this year because I don't think the quarterbacks are that good. And you're hearing a lot of draft people saying it's the worst quarterback class in a while. That's and- that's dumber, though. The reason why you're wrong is what you just said is dumber because you're waiting and holding your standard of what your franchise is. Balky, uh, look, Balky has held them back, don't get me wrong, but the Texans and that you-know-what show has been now for – Two and a half plus years, really three years because of Bill O'Brien. Now it's about to go on four, and you're saying he's going to be fired. Now you're at five. So this is dumb. That's dumb. Okay. So Bobby brings up, I'm not saying I agree with Bobby off the top, but I do find it an interesting conversation. He says six and 11 is arguably a worse position than being two and 15. Because, and Bobby's point is if you put yourself in a spot where you can't get your quarterback, then you're just going to be retreading in the middle of nothing rather than bottoming out to go get a quarterback and then climbing out of it. But Bobby, what the, te- what the weirdly, and I hate, this is weird to say, weirdly the Jags proved that they don't have to always be two and 15. They went to the AFC championship game like four years ago, five. I don't know what, what the exact, I think it was four, right? 2018 season. So, no, right? 2017 season. Four to five, whatever it is. So they've actually, they they had that run. They didn't have the quarterback and Blake Borles and everybody and their mother knew that. But they at least are trying to rebuild that now. The Texans are saying, look, we're not going to try here this year. The rookie quarterback's not going to just, boom, uh, take it to the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen, right? So they're now in, probably going to be in year six before they even try to make their ascent to the top of the AFC South, much less the AFC. That is dumber. Okay. That's dumber. I mean, look, I think the Jags six clock- years of bad football compared to maybe two, three. I mean, whatever it is for the Jags, at least they're trying. 
Well, yeah, because they have to, because they drafted Trevor Lawrence last year. Like they have to try. Like they have a they have a first overall pick at quarterback. They gotta go do something. The Texans don't have that yet. Therefore, they're not trying their hardest. And so anyway, that's that conversation. Let's go ahead and flip it. I did see a, a report that came out. The Steelers are scheduled to interview Lewis Riddick from ESPN for their vacant GM job. Uh, Lewis Riddick wor- last worked in the NFL as the director of pro personnel for the Eagles in 2013. So the Steelers looking to, to get that GM situation for another potential quarterback uh, move uh, if, in fact, they do name a new GM uh, pretty soon. So, Zach, let's do it. Let's get to our Tuesday sports trivia I've got our record and percentage. We're ha- we got to hang on to it by a thread because I think we're we're really close to hitting our goal for Tuesday Sports Trivia as this is week 10 out of 10 before we reset it next week. But real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, Make sure you know where, know who to go to. You know who to trust. It's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute. They got over a dozen doctors there at their facility in Franklin who specialize in any joint injury you could possibly have. And also the rehab specialists there as well to get you back to recovery and back to health in a great way, in a fun way, with great facilities. They got their main campus in Franklin, also satellite campuses in Brentwood, Nolensville, and Thompson Station. So hit them up at boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports were powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Let's get it. All right, Zach. So we are sitting at 82% correct in nine weeks. That means we are 74 out of 90 in the last nine weeks of two or the last 90 questions of Tuesday sports trivia. So we will have a full reset, but you know, I think we just need six correct to get over, to get to 80. Right. So we used to once upon a time in sports trivia, our goal was 75%. 80% was the goal this round. So we got to go six and four today, have a winning record, which Lovey Smith hasn't had a winning record since 2012. But we gotta have a winning record today at six and four to reach our goal. So right, we have so we, what? Yeah, uh, we we got seven sports trivia questions and three non-sports trivia questions. Okay. So let's get to the sports trivia questions, and let's start off with baseball. What pitcher holds the record for most complete games in an MLB career? Say it one more time. What pitcher holds the record for most complete games in an MLB career? So it's somebody from like the 60s or 70s or 80s when they were playing. Yeah, because the time time has changed. Got Nolan Ryan's coming in. Brent and, and a lot of people say Nolan Ryan. Ed says Cy Young. I thought San- Sandy Koufax pressed him was something I thought too, but we're getting a lot of Nolan Ryans. Uh, Nolan Ryan, I felt like was notorious for that. Like that was his claim. I mean, he had a lot of claims to fame. Being, he also has a meat company, Nolan Ryan Steaks. But we got a, a string of Cy Youngs coming in. Uh, uh I think we need to go quickly. We got to go quickly and lock something in. I think it's Cy Young. Why? 
because he played in an era where there was no such thing as a relief pitcher? Like Nolan Ryan played for a long time, but he also played into the, you know, the more recent era where you had closers and setup guys and middle inning relief guys. And Terry says Satchel Page, and I thought about Satchel Page too, but it, but didn't Satchel Page spend a lot of years in in the Negro leagues where he that wouldn't necessarily count? Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so it's Cy Young or Nolan Ryan. I think it's Cy Young. Well, William says they were talking about this the other day on some talk show. I was watching Lock It Up. And then Jay says Nolan Ryan isn't even close. (laughs) So I I think it's. uh, You want to lock it in? Cy Young, final A to Z. The correct answer is Cy Young. Pitched 749 complete games over the course of his 22-year career. Only three pitchers have even started that many games. Wow. Crazy. That is crazy. All right. Uh, I am going to start putting a stopwatch on this thing. That's fine. All right. Um, Next question. Let's see here. What is the PGA record for the highest score on a par four? Clock started. What is the PGA record for the highest score on a par four? I would say probably like an 11 or 12. I mean, you got to think there's got to be multiple water hazards involved. Right. I mean, I would say 11, 12, 13. And we're talking about an individual hole. Yes. And highest meaning worst. Yeah. An individual hole. All right. We got about 15 seconds. I think. mm, What's the chat saying? The chat doesn't understand the question. What is the PGA record for the highest score of par four? (laughs) Uh, Bobby says for some reason he was thinking 13. Dustin says it's 16. I watched Kevin Nod do it. (laughs) Are you sure it was a par four? That's true, right? Par four, par five. All right. We got five seconds. Let's go 16. Final A to Z. We're rolling with Dustin and Kevin Nah. On April 14th, 2011, Kevin Nah played the worst par four on a PGA Tour since the tour began, making a 16 wow. on the ninth hole. Can he tell us what it was? Wait, is this Dustin? Can you tell what tournament it was? That's incredible, Dustin. If well, Dustin can tell me the tournament, then I will be impressed. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's, we'll see if Dustin can comment quickly, but that's insane. Dustin, the recall on that, like for, I mean, he was even, right. I, if he could tell me the tournament, Oh, Valero, Valero, Texas. That's right. It is correct. Yeah. A lot. You got several people saying Zedro Valero. Oh man. Pretty crazy. Uh, all right. So two and oh, good start. Um, all right. Uh, next question. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, who hit an underhand serve to defeat Ivan Lindell for the 1989 French Open title? Who hit an underhand serve to defeat Ivan Lindell for the 1989 French Open tour? Agassi? French Open. So... 
Yvonne. Uh, Clay. Not not Yvonne. Not Ivan. E- e- Yvonne. Yvonne. Excuse me. I uh, I apologize to him and his family. Ah. <laughs> uh, 1989. We have any tennis historians? Underhand serve. It wasn't Agassi. Says, oh, we get we have a couple. Uh, Wesley says Michael Chang. Is it Bjorn? I mean, he was an 80s guy, right? <sighs> Bjorn Borg. Michael Wesley's just saying Michael Chang. Michael Chang. Michael Chang. And Donald says Chang because he was hurt. That's why he had to underhand. So I say we got context on that. So let's go Michael Chang, final A to Z. All right. The correct answer is Michael Chang. At a key point in the fifth set, teenager Michael Chang shocked the crowd by delivering an underarm serve. I don't know whether he was injured or not, but. Impressive. That that is correct. All right, so Uh, 3-0. We're halfway to our goal. So let's keep rolling. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, what MLB player retired with the same number of home runs as his father? What MLB player retired is the same number with the same number of home runs as his father clock has started. So, I mean, you got, I mean, King Griffey Jr. Griffey. Yeah. Um, who are the juniors? Uh, Roberto Almar Jr., Cal Ripken Jr. Um, it's not Cal. Uh, the problem is I don't know their dads, right? Because they Edmonds? played so long. No. Oh, Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds. He had a storied career after he got out. He Prince de- Fielder? Prince, Prince and Cecil Fielder? Ooh, I like that. Billy. Billy and Titans Kyle came in with Prince and Cecil Fielder. We got 15 I like, seconds. I like that. I like that. Let's go with the fielders. Finally, does he? Prince Fielder ended his career with 319 home runs, the same number as his father, Cecil Fielder. All right. That's insane. We're 4 0. I like this. 4 0. We're almost there. All right. Next question Who was the first NFL running back to finish the season with 10 or more carries and gain negative yards? Who was the first NFL running back to finish the season with 10 or more carries and gain negative yards? To start the season with 10 or more carries. I mean, this is tough. Who was the first running back in the NFL to finish the season with 10 or more carries and gain negative yards? Orlando says Eddie Lacy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick Nick Ewing drops your Jackie Battle reference from earlier. Uh, we got ah, twenty seconds. Ah, we're not going to get this, guys. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. From Corey, let's go. Trent Richardson. Final A to Z from Corey. Let's see here. Um, oh wow first oh to finish the season reggie bush the 2016 season 12 rushes negative three yards 
Wow. Um, because Titans Kyle got that. He played for the Bills. So did Bobby said with the Dolphins. So Reggie Bush. Interesting. Well, so we're four and one. So we missed that one. What is the record for red cards given in a single soccer game? What you would what? have to think that a brawl broke out and you hand out like nine red cards to both teams or something like that. What is the record for red cards given out in a single soccer game? Orlando says 12 out of the gates pretty quick. Louis says eight on YouTube. I mean, I have no idea. 11 from Demetrius. I mean, that's I mean, a we're lot. Not, yeah. I mean, you have to just, the game's over. You play, if it's 12, you'd basically play five on five, which would four and four plus a goalie, I guess. Mm, I have no idea. Does anybody know, like, we got 10 seconds. Jay says he knows yellow is a 16, but no, no clone reds. I mean, uh, let's just go nine. I don't know. Finally, does he nine? Oh, wow. <laughs> In 2011, referee Damian Rubino set a world record by giving out 36 red cards in a single match. A brawl erupted, yeah. and he sent off 22 players, every substitute and some technical staff. 36. They just like the game ended. 36. I know technical staff can get a red card. <laughs> All right, so now we are four and two. All right, we've got to get back on track. We got to split the next four questions to get to our 80% uh, rule or record. Um, all right, let's see here. At the 2000 Summer Paralympics, how many members of the gold medal winning Spanish basketball team were later, later found to have no disability? Oh my God, I didn't even know that. At uh, Let me start the clock. This is now very interesting. At the 2000 Summer Paralympics, how many members of the gold medal winning Spanish basketball team were later found to have no disability? I mean, that is messed up. But a hell of a question. Didn't they make a Johnny Knoxville movie about this? There was a movie about that, yeah, but I don't know if it had no. to do with the, the 2000 Paralympics. I, I, that's because Paralympic basketball is wheelchair basketball, I believe. Correct. So it's just how many. Jerry just says five for all starters. I mean, we're, we're just getting guests. Um, Dustin says, oh, this is like nine or ten. They got seriously sanctioned. Well, they should. Um, I don't remember that. We got 15 seconds. Let's go with uh, nine with Dustin's answer. Final answer. Final A to Z, nine. If it's ten, I'm going to be mad, Dustin, at me. Prepare to be angry. Is it ten? The Spanish team was stripped of its gold medal when it was revealed that 10 of the uh, 12 members had no disability. That's on me. That's on me, Dustin. My bad. That is the most messed up thing, I think, one of, if I've ever heard, Yeah, to compete. That is cheating. 
<laughs> that is definition of cheating, man. So we've made a slide. Yeah, we've lost three, hit, missed three in a row. So we're four and three. We got to get two of these last three correct. And the problem <laughs> is we're going away from sports. Ah. So uh, first question, who directed the movie X-Men The Last Stand? Who directed the movie X-Men The Last Stand? I'm out on this one. I couldn't even name you four movie directors. Directors. Brett Reiner is from Jacob. Brian Singer from Bobby. So that's not any help. What's our record? Four and three? We are four and three. We need two right. What? Brett Who? Ratner from Titans Kyle. Somebody should know. Jason Somebody's got to be an X-Men. I'm not an X-Men guy. We got Rat Brett Ratner is has been the okay. So Brett Ratner is final A to Z. Let's just go with Brett Ratner because a lot of people have said it. Brett Ratner final A to Z. The correct answer is Brett Ratner. Good job, team. All right, so we are five and four. We need one more correct to hit our eighty percent on the ten on the hundred questions. We're going to history. How many anchors did the Titanic have? I never seen. I've never seen the Titanic movie. So oh man, that that is a great movie. You, never you seen need to, it. You need to watch that movie. I, that, it, you know, it's a great. Whenever movie. I get to it. How many anchors did the Titanic have? Well, I don't think that that comes up in the movie. I mean, cruise ship. It's got to be more than one. Not enough. But yeah, but you know they weren't they weren't real uh, efficient. Uh, <sighs> Not about tw- Twenty seconds. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's like one, two, or three, two, four. Uh, Titans Kyle says it's only like two or three. Titans Kyle's pretty good at trivia, so. All right. Uh, time is up. We have to make a final. So we're going with two or three. Which one are we going to go? Let's go we, three. We went nine or ten. Let's so go you're going three. higher. We're going higher, yeah. Three. Oh, baby, three. Yeah, that's huge. Wow, that's eighty percent. Let's go over. We e- we evened it. Let's let's end on a high note to reach our goal to beat our goal of 80%. last question in computer science. What does DOS stand for? D O S in computer science. What does DOS stand? DOS. DOS. D O S. Yeah, or DOS. It's DOS. It's a computer term. Do you know the do you know the term? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't. So do you know, know the answer? I don't know the answer. I don't know. D- um, direct. Op- uh, d- digital operative. Digital operating. System. <laughs> the digital operating system. Did somebody say that? Uh, we've got disk operating system and digital operating system. And we've also got D's nuts operating system. <laughs> <laughs> Love of the show. Who did that? Uh, so digital operating system and MB says, no, it's disk. And then there's also data. So I think disk is what, uh, disk. Yeah, time oper- up. 
Disc. Let's go disc. <laughs> disc operating system? Yes, disc, not digital. Final A to Z. Lock it in. The correct answer is disc operating system. 81 out of 100. That is our best our best uh, round yet. That was tough. Those were tough ones. Yep. I like the seven and three. I think yeah, we're starting to find our ground of what this is. Yep, I agree. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So congratulations, everyone involved who has played trivia with us over the last several weeks. We got 81 questions right out of 100. That's the best we've ever done as a team. So we're moving on up. And next week, we even out at 0-0. Zero, zero. We start all over. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to see where our goal might be in that one. But uh, that was good. Good team effort there from everybody. I think Dustin uh, is probably the MVP for today because he nailed the par four highest score with 16. He also got the, the 10 uh, correct for the Spanish Paralympic basketball team, uh, even though I messed it up. So good job, team, today. We'll see you on a Wednesday morning. Who knows what we'll be talking about at that point. Buck Rising. Uh, well, A to Z Sports Primetime is tonight. Don't forget the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. And Buck will be doing primetime uh, from the radio row at the Super Bowl over the rest of the week. So we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Adios.